This podcast is part of the Faking Fandom Media Network. Head to fakingstarwars.net slash podcasts for more hilarious shows about geek culture topics. Welcome to Fet Fellas. I'm your host, Storm Duper, brought to you by Faking Star Wars Radio and fakingstarwars.net, the finest Star Wars comedy satire in the land. With me today to discuss episode 5 of Fet Fellas, the return of the Mandalorian, none other than the T Brom tour. T, I, I have a problem. Uh, I went. I went to the local uh, tapioca ball tea shop in my city. I have quite a quite an Asian influenced city, a lot of diversity there. And I was trying to order one of those like iced tea things that come with those like tapioca balls, you know. Uh, and I I like those tapioca balls, so I ordered triple extra, you know, bobas. They call them bobas. You got and triple X balls. Triple you X. Got triple X boba balls. Yes, extra, extra, extra. And when they gave me my um my tea, they uh there weren't any in there. And I said, "What's going on?" They said, "Today everything is bobaless." Ah, you stole what? You stole my entire the whole. Just stop the show because we're done. That's it. That's the whole <laughs> thing. Where was Boba Fett? Yeah, I know. Where was he? <laughs> he was doing daimyo stuff. You know, he was he was he was uh, learning how to ride uh, the unnamed Rancor. Uh, yeah, maybe so, or 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 maybe he was just looking through their names to decide what to call him. Yeah, he's probably been spending a lot of time on our on our Twitter, looking at all the name uh, hashtag name that Rancor. Tell people about that because it's a big contest. I heard you can win some awesome prizes. Yeah, I think this might be the last uh, episode we're gonna have where we don't have a winner. Because uh, the last show, I think we should definitely announce the winner on the last episode. So I think uh, next week should or next yeah next week should be the big reveal, right? I think we got two but more, you, right? We got episode six, episode seven. Yeah, yeah, but we want to have an a, a winner on episode seven, is what I'm saying. So, oh yeah, well that does make. sense. I guess technically two weeks. I don't know. I've never been really good at math. That's yeah. why I'm a spy. You have never really been that good at anything, have you? I mean, if we're honest <laughs> about it, right? <laughs> uh, I'm good at some stuff, but nah, that's uh, more PG. You're, you're good at you're good at uh, fixing crappy prequel uh, space jets and dating Jawas, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, when when uh, Pita, whatever, like, Pila, whatever her name is, when she was dropping that Jawa, I was like, dang, Peli Moto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, her Peli. Moto, uh, I was I was very impressed with her uh, her Jawa ease. I guess I don't know. It was really bizarre, and there's so many weird and amazing things to talk about in this episode. But uh, let's get into it, Teeb, with our first bit, which is speak freely. Give us your synopsis of episode five, the return of the Mandalorian in an, in a completely different show from the Mandalorian, but it is the Mandalorian uh, show. What's your synopsis, Teeb? Well, the Mandalorian doesn't have a ship, and he has to go and do a bounty to get enough money to get a bus ticket, a space bus ticket to get off of, uh, I'm assuming that was Coruscant. I don't know where that was. Some floating space station. And then uh, he meets up with the armorer and the guy who saved his butt on uh, uh, wherever they were. And the guy who says, this is the way, Paz Vizsla. And then Paz Vizsla tries to, like, kill him for uh, a toy lightsaber that he got at Disney World. And then um, they have, like, a whole Fast and Furious thing where he builds uh, 
uh, a hammerhead fighter and uh how's he gonna use a fighter he 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 needs more room he needs a gunship at the very least maybe a cargo ship something uh and then uh fennec shan shows up and says hey will, will you be our muscle and he's like yes but first i have to go and play with a little a little kid so sort of a chaotic uh incoherent episode as it were it was all over the place. Um, it really was. It was like, uh, excuse the horse noise. <laughs> it's a space horse. <laughs> the fathier? Yeah, fathier. We just had a fathier come in the house. Yeah. Oh. Hang on. Let me go wrestle the fathier out of here. Get out of here, fathier! <laughs> it really was a oh, fathier. Oh, Rose Tico. Oh, no. She oh, wants geez. to. Things have already her. gone downhill, and we're not even five minutes into the episode yet. Hey, uh, I'm already ro- mentioning Rose Tico. That's oh awesome. Oh, my God. Um, there is so much, so much, so much, uh, to discuss and pick apart and make fun of, obviously, uh, with this episode. To um, love, to love. It's, before we, love we it. get really into it, though, I think we need to talk about the elephant in the room, which is, this is an episode of the wrong show. Yes. Literally, it has nothing to do with Boba Fett. Yeah, my synopsis was going to be, my, my recap was basically going to be, for the book of Boba Fett, Fennec Shan shows up and tries to hire him as muscle. Like, that's it. That's like the only <laughs> yeah, one the, character from seconds. the book of Boba Fett that is in the episode. Why so. Why is this episode in the middle of this season? Did they run out of ideas? No, I... Honestly, I'm glad they did this because it's what everybody wants anyway. I'm, huh. I mean, what else is Boba, Boba Fett... Is not really doing much, is he? Well, he's preparing an arsenal of gangsters to attack the Pikes. That's something. Eh, gangster. He's got like four guys and the you know the colorful assholes. So I, I'm not really impressed. I hope he's doing something more than letting Fennec Shand like go recruit muscle that's not going to be immediately available. It's like, uh, yeah, let me let me pen you in for our uprising that we're going to have against the Pikes. You know. Uh, but you know he's got a like he he's got like limited custody of baby Grogu, so he's got to like go. It's his weekend to like hang out with Grogu, and Luke's gonna like you know meet him halfway. Like I don't know what's gonna happen with the Mandalorian. Um, obviously, but and I wanted to talk about Boba Fett, but I couldn't because he wasn't in this episode at all. But like one thing for me, I felt like this whole episode undoes everything that happened at the end of the Mandalorian season two with his character like he takes the the great step of like taking his mask off in the name of like some other higher purpose outside of his mandalorian cult creed to like reveal himself to grogu and he starts to see the world through a different lens and like changes everything and then he's just back to his own devices in this episode like i don't know there's doesn't make any sense to me no I don't know. Hmm. There's, there's, uh, when you say undoes everything, I, uh, with the exception of the, the armorer scene, what else gets undone? Well, I guess I had assumed that he had already vacated his pre, his, his calling as being this part of this Mandalorian cult and that he would, you know, continue to take off his helmet. Yeah, that was pretty odd when she was like, have you ever taken off your helmet? And he's just like, yeah. Yes, he just says we're done or whatever. Like, I know, it's like... 
<laughs> so enjoy your death cult of two where you're going to try and repopulate. It's you and Paz. Have fun with that. Right. And it's like you have you have um this incredibly rigid religious zealot like apostasy happen like in front of you and you're just like, okay, have good have a good time. Enjoy your lunch. <laughs> what are you getting for lunch, by the way? Are are you gonna get some tomato soup and a grilled cheese sandwich for lunch? Okay, apostates. That sounds great. Bye. Like what the hell? Shouldn't they have tried to like kill him or something? I I don't know. Uh, well, it would have been a, a- a failed attempt. I mean, this guy brings a knife to a dark saber fight. I suppose, I but yeah, or maybe they're they're just very genteel religious cult zealots. I suppose these Mandalorians. It just well, I don't know, clunky, clunky. Well, I mean, what what else are they gonna do? I mean, what are they gonna do? They're gonna whack. They're gonna they're gonna whack Boba. They're gonna whack Boba uh, Mandalorian. I don't get it. Yeah, maybe so. Like, why would they whack him? Well, it remains to be seen. We may get more of the Mandalorian next episode. We don't know. We'll we'll save that for our final predictions. But um, what about uh, no disintegrations, Teeb? Let's let's turn the the tail. Let's turn the mud horn upside down. What was your best part of this episode? The best part of this episode was watching the Mandalorian train and fail and keep training and get exhausted. To the point where he was like, "All right, I've been training all day. I'm really bad at this. Uh, I need to like go and get like a cheeseburger and go take a nap." And then Paz Viz is like, "I want the dark saber." Like, wow, great timing. Like, you know, that's the best time to you know challenge somebody to a fight when they're completely exhausted. But it turns out Paz Vizsla is pretty much the worst fighter in all of Mandalorian history. So, and then like I said, he brings a knife. So. I'd like to uh, really talk about that knife. Hmm. His his family made the dark saber. His ancestors made the dark saber, and he brings this tiny little stun blade against it. Like, bro, you gotta come with something better than that. So maybe f- like a shield would have been cool. Like like this is the shield forged by the blah blah blah. Well, he you know, has a like, shield generator on his arm. Yeah. That's a generator, though. It's not exciting. I'm talking about, like, something made out of Beskar. Like, make that fight last, like, about 10 minutes longer as opposed to having 10 more minutes of, let's build a hot rod. So your favorite part was how Paz Vizsla was an ineffectual assassin? I'm, I'm trying to follow you and understand what your favorite part was. My favorite part was how he waited until he was exhausted to fight. Ah, uh, got it, got it. Amazing. Okay. And I wouldn't say amazing, but yeah. I thought that fight was cool. I I like the fact that we sort of, in in a way, that scene where all these three Mandalorians are on that ring planet, ring ring space station, or whatever it is, it could have been a little bit like the um, Star Wars Holiday Special, basically. I mean, like, except for the fact that they're speaking English. Like, but think about like having an entire scene of three masked people, <laughs> like no emotions at all. If they were speaking a foreign language, like that would be even more obscure and impossible and oblique to understand than uh, as if it were possible, the Star Wars holiday special with the Wookiees. And I, I feel like they were going for something like that a little bit, right? Because there was a moment where she did speak in Mandara or whatever the name of the Mandalorian language is. Like, I don't know if you noticed Are you talking that. talking about one. the armor? Yeah. And so we had a little scene there where literally we can't see faces and we can't understand the language. And they're just like miming life together. And <laughs> if they if we get more scenes like that, I'm going to be really happy cuz those are those are just gold, you know. 
easiest acting gig in the world, right? Just yes. stand there. <laughs> then that next episode, they should like sit down for tea, you know, like they have a little sippy straw they can put under their mask and just sit there and, and you know, wax poetic, shoot the sh <laughs> about the days of yore on Mandalore in their native language uh, with these masks on. And they'll just have to like, you know, nod their heads from left to right. This would be about as riveting as like listening to somebody do an unboxing on a podcast <laughs> like like a radio show i don't know who would try that but yeah. yeah i i don't know my favorite part um hard to say because i didn't love this episode uh, i seem to be in the minority most people uh you know just jumping through joy at this episode um I would say I thought it was just produced really well. Overall, it looked great. Like the visuals, the shots, the action, um, you know, all the little details of even like in the junkyard on Tatooine, like uh, with the ship, they were all really well done. I thought they looked great. So um, I would go for the production value on this episode. I thought it was probably the best of the five we've had. I think Bryce uh, Dallas Howard is uh, definitely a fan of The Phantom Menace. I think we can... <laughs> well, did she write this episode? I don't think so, right? Maybe it was written by John Favreau, and he likes those uh, Phantom oh, I'm Menace, sure it was Nabooian him, cruisers. But, you know, when you're picking which one you want to direct or whatever, I I'm sure there was a reason that she chose this one. I'll, mm -hmm. bet, I'll bet The Phantom Menace is near and dear to her heart, if I had to guess. Uh, it would be. It would be. Well, I don't know why, though. Uh, Maybe that's something for you to figure out. I mean, she's she's kind of made a name for herself being in re reboots of classic shows, like being in Jurassic World. So. Maybe that's sort of why, because Phantom Menace is kind of a reboot of the original Star Wars. So. Well, how old is she? She's probably. Oh, probably like forty. Younger than I am. Well, then she's at least sixty, right? No, that's Ming Na Wen. She's eighty now. Bryce. She aged. She aged. Dallas Howard. Dallas. Howard. The age of Dallas her. Dallas is where she was conceived. The age of her is 40. The age of her is 40. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, she's a little younger. So, I was going to say maybe if she was like really young, then maybe, you know, The Phantom Menace was like her favorite movie growing up or something like huh. that. But no, she's not that much younger. Nah, she would have been able to see even Return of the Jedi in the theaters. So, barely. What about oh your Fugazi? Fugazi, forget about it. Escape the Sarlacc. What was the thing that you thought should end up on the cutting room floor in this episode, Teeb? Hmm. Yeah, telling the cops where he's from and where he's going and everything like that. It, it was kind of stupid to have him have this big dramatic getaway when it's like literally, uh, you know, um, in, I think he said he was in in Moss Eisley or something like that, or you know, he didn't he didn't exactly cover his tracks uh -huh. when he before he made his space tracks. So I think uh, definitely that would be my my fugazi. Also, the whole thing about. I killed your boss, but, uh, you know, if you want to go back there and, like, uh, get some credits or whatever, I don't want to fight all you people. I'm kind of tired. I, I hurt myself because I don't know how to use my cool sword yet, and that, like, <laughs> hurt my leg real bad. So if you guys could just, like, go in there and, you know, loot your boss, you know. Down with the man! Down uh, with the establishment! The power to the people! The little Marxist the, the, nod. Uh, I the could have lived that. The, the, the tyranny of the oppressive dog-faced butcher. 
Yeah, I mean, I know the Cleveland Browns suck, but, you yeah. know, I mean, give, them, give them some bones every once in a while. Dog Damn. pound. <laughs> don't, t- don't tell me those guys didn't look like they were right out of the 90s in the dog pound. Oh, don't man. Even tell me that. A million percent. A mil- and they some talk guy, just like way, Browns fans. Segue, but some guy on Twitter said, I can finally tell everybody, you know, I've been holding this back, but um, I was I was this guy in, in, uh, in the Book of Boba Fett. Yes. which is also the Mandalorian episode. And he had to explain that he was joking. He's this like guy who has kind of like a mutt kind of face a little bit and you know, he was totally joking. And then it became like a trend of everybody, you know, oh, I'm so sorry, I was in the Star Wars. And some people it's funny and some people it's just painful. Every ugly dog-faced boy in the world is now in Star Wars, like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't see any representation for my people, whatever we are. We're not Sith, we're uh, that other thing that begins with a Z. Mm. I can never remember the race I am. <laughs> I have that problem a lot. <laughs> you're beyond you know, race. You're post race, team. You're post race. You're so enlightened. You're so woke. Yeah. I'm so woke. Yeah. I'm a Trandoshan. <laughs> you just identify as a Trandoshan now. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So my Fugazi, Fugazi, forget about it. Oh, there's so many little dumb details <laughs> in this episode. Um, I. I don't know, like Pelimoto's dating a Jawa. <laughs> I mean, what? What? And they're real furry. <laughs> and I didn't know Jawas were furry. By the way, she's like, oh, they're real furry. I mean, they're they have. They have there's rumors that they're rodent-like under those robes, right? Which uh, is, makes it even more bizarre that Pelimoto would get busy on Tinder with uh, a Jawa. Um, how do they wait? How does she know how to swipe right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's just called Utini. It's Utindi, Utinder, 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 I spent I spent two days. Te- this is why I love doing this podcast. I spent two days trying to come up with a motherfucking <laughs> pun with Jawas and dating apps. I could not come up with a damn thing. But we hit record, and all of a sudden we've got glorious Utinder. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And Anyway, <laughs> oh, I I guess I I'll allow it. I'll allow it. It was weird, but she is a weird character. I didn't know I hated it. I guess I didn't. Hello, it's late. It's Saturday night. You're probably just sitting at home watching Star Wars, aren't you? You're probably a very lonely individual. Let's cut to the chase. You're kind of pathetic, aren't you? Well, that's why you should download Utinder. Find your very own Java companion. Don't speak Jawaese? No matter. Utinder has an instant voice translator, so you always know what these little guys are saying. Our Java library is packed with thousands of singles, just like you. Like Leroy. Hey, Mom, Mom, Blue. Translating Jawaese. I'm Leroy. That's all I need to say. As hard as it is to believe, I'm single. Need I say more? Alright ladies, you got your free look, so call me. (laughs) I don't even know why I'm on here. Alright, that's it, I don't need to say any more. I'm gonna be screening these notifications for days. If you're looking for a furry Jawa, I'm your guy. Come and get it. Meet Albany. Translating Jawa ease. Um, hi, can I just say my sister made me do this? Thanks, Jennifer. 
Okay, um, my name is Albany. I'm single, non-binary, they, them, non-smoker, and one bad leg. Okay, so no fat people, no couples, no Tuscans, no quote-unquote photographers, no people living with their parents, no daddies, no water sports, rough intimacy, or a vegans, no Mandalorians, well, unless they take off their helmet, and um, absolutely no spice runners. I have had enough of that. That's about it. I'm looking for someone who looks at a relationship as a two-way street, if you catch my drift. <laughs> I'm just a down-to-tattooing Jawa who loves people. I'm just looking for someone to treat me right and who knows how to get down and dirty. So if you like fun, swipe right. Or take a look at Nestor. Translating Jawa is Good evening, my lady. I am a Jawa of the senses. I want a woman who knows the smell of scrap metal, who loves the way the night tastes on her tongue after the sun's set. A woman who knows the delectable taste of fresh, raw suga. And more than that, I crave you and the way you know how my skin feels when you run your fingers over my body, which is not furry. <laughs> Like other Jawas, you heard me. I'm cleanly shaved. It is more hygienic, baby. I want a woman who can tell me apart from other Jawas just by the color of my eyes. So swipe bright on me, my love. I also like scavenging, long walks in the dune sea, and pantherback rides. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. So if you're having trouble finding your ideal mate... Download Utinder today and search the thousands of Jawas looking for someone who's just as hard up and pathetic as you are. It's probably your only hope. The thing that for me was just, I just didn't like at all, was that entire montage of fixing up the Starfighter. It just went on for hours. And oh, it I went mean, on a long time, bro. Jeez. <laughs> like, we only get seven episodes as it is, minus one, because this doesn't have Boba in it. And now we're at, like, about 5.8, you know, with a 20-minute mechanic scene. Um, it's it just exhausting to watch that. Like, Well, it was the Fast and Furious nod, wasn't it? But I thought you would appreciate one thing about that. What? And I definitely have to bring this up. You notice what he did with the shiny color? Well, you mean he got he, rid of the shiny yellow, right? He rubbed it down, and now it looks all grayed out and. Horrible. And what does it look like? Where does it look like it belongs now? It looks like it belongs in a junkyard. On Tatooine. Yes. Just like you were saying, like there, there's nothing on Tatooine that looks like the colorful assholes. Oh, of Vespas. course, right, right. No, you're right. It doesn't look like those Vespas or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks great. The, the ship looks great. It just took way too long. It should have been five minutes. It was like 17, I think. So Well, Bryce Dallas Howard used to work a lot on, in the shop with her dad oh, on well, cars. And that so makes she sense. She to have a nice little tribute to him. I thought a little bit was fine, but it was inexplicable to me why it went on for so freaking long. Um, it's like, going a long time. Like, now I I've got a cyclonic cryogenic carbonator retroflux methylator. And it's like, who the hell cares? We yeah, get it. Like, They're fixing the it. Get it. Like, why do you care? 
Ugh. Like you got it from Watto. You want to go have a whole side quest with Watto for 25 minutes now? Uh, I could get you a nice N1, I think. Yeah. Do, you, do you know what it kind of felt like to me, Teeb? <laughs> was like they had this idea for you know setting up season three of The Mandalorian with him going to this ring uh, planet thing and meeting um, the, the armor and Paz Vizsla and getting all the backstory on The Mandalorian for fans that haven't watched the stupid prequel uh, Clone War animation things and all that and then they were like oh we've got a 20 minute show we need a 40 minute show what can we do let's fix a let's fix a let's fix a starfighter <laughs> like they just it didn't feel like they had enough plot for for a whole episode but they they knew that they couldn't just have that scene and then go back to boba fett either so i just feel like they sequenced it bad um which is my worry right with all of this is like it's gonna get complicated so many different directors so many different writers different Aww, shows intertwining and for you it's gonna be it, too much for the old the dupe it's you a tangled make, web it's now too, too complicated yeah so. You like your stories, like for with little pictures and for kids, you know. It's like, <laughs> this is where the Mandalorian goes on the space bus, and then he takes the dark saber and he gives it to the Amtrak droid, and he puts it in the box, and he says, "It's okay, I trust you, random droid." Over this, you know, this thing that could actually bring back my people's uh, lineage. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. What the yeah. hell? That bothered me. It's yeah. like, uh, learn how to smuggle a weapon or something, bro. Like, put it up your space butt. Figure something out. You gotta be able to get by a droid, you know? On a bus. It's like, oh, I'm not smart enough to figure out how to smuggle a weapon onto a Greyhound bus in space. Get the f*** out of here. The Mando flies coach. Yeah, and then he has that little Joker moment. I kept waiting for him to pull out the card, you know, like in Joker, where he's like, hi, I'm... Whatever his name was, and I I have a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. Kids, that little that roadie kid is like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I thought he was gonna give her a card. Can you please stop bothering my kid. I wasn't bothering. Just stop. Him. Was... <laughs> what do you think? That's funny. <laughs> So then he makes a whole point of like, oh, after he fixes up his little ride, he's like, oh, I'm going to go fly over by that bus and like be like, hey, kid, look at me. I'm in a car now. You're still on the bus. You suck. <laughs> oh, that was weird. Sucks yeah. to be you, little Rodian kid. Check out my wheels or my space wheels, whatever the hell they They're skids. I don't know. All right. Well, so what's going to happen in this episode after this? I guess... Um, we, we we normally keep our predictions towards the end of the episode, but I think we need to jump into them because that's really, you know, the tasty part of this episode. There's so many which ways this could go. Uh, is Are we going to see him visit Luke Skywalker and Grogu in episode six? And then he's going to return to Tatooine and be reunited with his Mando buddy? Or is that going to be held off and then we're going to see Amando 3 like a flashback to that moment to fill in the gaps? How do you think they're going to play this? I think they're going to play it like you said at the end there. I think they're going to have that be the show for the the Mandalorian season Him three. visiting gonna, Grogu and Luke? Go, yeah, he's going to uh, reunite with Grogu. Otherwise, I mean, this uh, are they going to have a whole other Mandalorian episode? I, you know, team, I think six? they just have to. Because it makes oh no sense to set that up and then have us wait nine months to see it. 
It feels yeah. really mean, man, to do that, don't you think? Yeah, you always say stuff like that. I'd like I like to make people suffer, so it's like I, I don't <laughs> mind making them wait until you know. I'm I, I was a fan of Walking Dead, and they loved making their fans stu- suffer. <sighs> Cliffhangers. Did this person die? Did that person die? Did this person kill that person? You won't know for another eight months. Enjoy. So yeah, why not? Why not? Why not do that with the with the uh, the Mandalorian and the. Book so he's of gonna Boba come back from whatever planet um, Luke's temple was on, and he's gonna be like, "Hey guys, I just saw Grogu again. What can we do now? Oh, let's fight against these pikes." Okay, what do you think's in the bag? What do you think that they made? Oh, that's a good question. It's gonna be a little medallion. It's gonna be like a poor a, a poor snippet, you know, like Anakin made Padme or something like that, but made out of metal. Okay, but she said that this is our way. We make, you know, we don't make weapons out of Beskar. We only make armor. So he's going to give him armor. Well, what kind of armor is he going to give a baby, uh, whatever the hell Yoda It'll be is, a breastplate with some fish eggs embossed on it or something. Uh, I guess. Or maybe a uh, breastplate. Yeah, like a little breastplate to protect him from wounds. I was thinking they'd be diapers. I thought they might be like a Beskar loin, uh, what do they call that thing? A cod piece? I think a cod piece, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Grogu diapers. He's a baby. I mean, it's a baby. What kind of armor would you give a baby? Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't considered that. Are you going to give him a... gauntlets? Uh, you know, are you going to give him a helmet? Oh, a little helmet. A little Grogu helmet it's would be the most small, amazing though. thing in the world. It, <laughs> it would be, be so wizard. It would be so wizard if he had a helmet. It would be awesome. Huh. Oh, and well. You notice he... how they tied it off, right? To where they tied the package to actually look like Grogu. No, like, Teeb, I hadn't noticed that. Yeah, like the <laughs> Disney maids do. Like if you go, if you ever are you know, fortunate enough to go to Disney World, yes. you will stay at the hotels and the maids will do all sorts of little things with They'll the They'll tie the your towels. towel like a, like a salacious crumb or like a Sarlacc pit. Oh, they do Sarlacc pit a lot. That's that's pretty easy. Yeah. They just throw some uh, noodles in in your towel and wet noodles, <laughs> and they just kind of you know roll up the towel a little bit. The delicate art of towel animal manipulation. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought that was cool that they did that with the towel, like the little bandana thing. Um, of course, I mean it was a little bit heavy handed, but it hey, is Disney. Yeah, it's there. It was cute. I liked it. Um, now, speaking of cute, what was the cutest ep- moment of this episode? Oh, cutest. What was the Disneyfied? I mean, like, there was a lot going oh on with God, the robots squeeze. on Tatooine, like, you know, but I the thing I liked the most, I don't know if it was cute, I thought it was really subtle and actually well done, was when he was going up in that elevator with that creature, that alien, I can't remember what those species are called. but Trandoshan. Yeah, Trandosh, yeah. He's got the, the head, and the alien kind of, like, slowly looks down and is like, what the heck? And then, like, notices that he's looking, like, quickly looks up. Uh, it yeah, was a that, subtle little the... thing, but that was awesome. That was really well played. Whoever was I, that actor, fair play to you. Good chops. Yeah, good job. I was going to say, that reminded me of the movie Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, which starred Joe Pesci, by the way. There you Speaking go, fat fellas. Has but, he has yeah. he been in uh, the Boba Fett's yet or the Star Wars yet, Joe Pesci? I don't know. Maybe he has, uh, but he's never told anybody, like some other people do, because they're so cool. Two Utes had a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marissa Tomei, she's available now that she's uh, dead from other certain properties. Of oh, Disney. yeah, she's yeah, she's definitely available. 
Marissa Tomei would be an awesome Ventress, don't you think? And who is she really good friends with? Joe Pesci. John Favreau, brother. Oh, is she? Oh, I didn't realize that. Sure, why not? They're I'm tight. seeing it. All right, cool. They're in a lot of stuff together, so why not? Marissa Tomei and Joe Pesci are going to be in episode six of The Mandalorian. You heard it here first. <laughs> No, I'm saying Marissa Tomei and, and uh, John Favreau are friends, but yeah. All right. It's time for our audio sound scavenger hunt, Teeb. How does this clip connect to episode five of the book of the Mandalorian, of the Boba Fett, of Disney's Marvel's Star Wars's <laughs> Boba Tees episode? Are you ready? Sure. Hello, Miss. Hmm? Uh, you want the bag for all you pop? Sure, thanks. Mm. Right. She wants the bag. One bag not gonna kill planet, Janet. It's not that. Oh, you're the guy. No, I just don't identify as male or female. Oh. Mm-hmm. Just personally, I've always felt like I've lived somewhere in between, so I go by they or them. They're gender neutral. Who? I only see one person. I know they is a little confusing. Some people use Z or Zer. Pronouns for non-cisgendered people. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Trans people get it a lot. Oh, you're just trans. <laughs> you don't look a trans. You can't say that either. What? I say she look good. It's they. They look good. Not all trans look good. Not all Korean look good. Uh, it's fine. I'm Eva. Hello, Eva. I'm a Mr. Kim, and this is a censorship agenda. It's nice to meet you both. Nice meeting all of you, too. Bye. Okay. See you. That's not how it works. Any idea, Teeb? That was a little fun clip, a little comedy for you today on Fat Fellas. In the absence of any other comedy (laughs) during this episode. (laughs) Painful. It was painful to listen to. No, it was hilarious. Oh, my God. How does that connect uh, to this episode? Jeez. You are challenging me. I was doing a little bit of research, too, so I wouldn't be embarrassed. Like, you know. I thought you were going to knock this out of the park because you're such a consumer of popular media. I figured this would be, a, you know, just like a blow meal for you. Oh, I do. Okay. I know. I know. I got it. I got it. So, yeah, this is uh, that guy at the end, uh, Captain Korean. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Captain Korean at the end of the show. Yes. He's like, uh, you sound familiar to me. Or Carson Teva? 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 Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I knew Lieutenant Lieutenant Reed. That's an easy one to remember. Like that's a like a you uh-huh. know R kind of name. The yeah. the Star Wars names are a little hard for me to remember sometimes. Right. Uh, yeah, but he was in a, a show called Kim's Convenience, and I bet that was a clip from that. There you go, my man. That is a very famous clip from Kim's Convenience, which stars none other than Paul Sun Hyung Lee, who was born in Daejeon, South Korea. He was an actor in Kim's Convenience and also The Mandalorian. And now the book of Boba Fett. So I, I I figured you might 
throw some Korean stuff in there. Oh, yeah. you know me so well. That's adorable, Teeb. Aw. Yeah, I know my big cuddle bear. <laughs> what do you think about those two X-Wings who just seem to be able to pop up from anywhere as long as it's convenient for the plot to like talk to the Mandalorian and give him some problems and throw shade on him? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't mind it because uh, I actually don't mind it because I do like seeing that the New Republic is trying to be some form of law and order in the galaxy mm. um, because I would find it you know completely unbelievable to think that there's no kind of law and order but it is interesting that they're allowing Tatooine to operate as it does. Uh, that is a little problematic, I guess. Right. Now there's slavery. Like, there's people on the streets there? gouging for water. But you cannot drive fast next to that public spaceship. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most ineffectual police on the planet. I suppose that's the message. Well, so they're like, yeah, they're like uh, just like you'd expect them to be. <laughs> right, you know? right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, so it is a little bit, you know, tickets. pardon the pun, but it is a little bit Kim's convenience how they always show up for Mandalorian, right? Um, it's become a bit of a trope now, and I, I'm just, I don't know. It's okay. I'm getting a little tired of it. Um, I wish, I wish there was a bit more going on with why they always know where he is and how to pop up and deal with him, but. There should somebody should, somebody out there should make a little parody video of the Mandalorian like opening up his oven and pulling out a tray of pizza rolls and then all of a sudden these X-wings pop out. Hey, what are you re- where did you register those pizza rolls, you know, or like flushing <laughs> like the toilet? He goes, like he's like he's at the gym or he's doing yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, they and, pop and up from everywhere and popping up. Oh, somebody, it's the X-wing I don't know pop who. Up. Oh no, it's the inevitable X-wing pop up. Yes. That'd be good, actually. Yeah, you could have it be like, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition, right? But it's like two X-Wings <laughs> just show up. <laughs> nobody expects like convenient that. Carson That's... Tiva. So, That's anyway. Great. <clears throat> great. Well, um, what's your bounty, Teeb, on this episode? What would you give it? How many stars out of 6,224,452? I give it 8 billion Star Warses. So you really loved it. Yeah, it was my favorite episode. It really was. A lot of people um, said that. Which is sad because it's the book of Boba Fett and he's not in it at all. So it's kind of like the the best book of Boba Fett is the one without him in it. <laughs> For me, it was super yeah. average. I'd give it six out of ten stars. Uh, I loved, a lot of people did not uh, love, but I loved the meatpacking freezer thing. That was just so goofy and weird, but somehow worked for me. Um, A lot of people felt it was just too earthly and realistic, but I didn't mind it for some reason. Maybe it was because I like meat. Uh, Yeah, you're not a vegan like no. in the hut. I wonder what he's going to say about this. Uh, he is going to be very, very upset about that. As he should be. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the dog people eating meat and it's a little, it's, you know. I, the, my favorite part or the part that we didn't really talk about. Not clandotions, clatoonians. I, I'm really confusing myself now trying to know. irritate uh, Link Vox a million. No, my, uh, the thing that I, we didn't really get a chance to talk about too much is, um, BD1. And I, you've never played Fallen Order. Unfortunately, because I only own a Switch, I've been unable to. Yeah. But I did recognize him. Yeah, BD1 is, oh man, he gives a run for to R2D2. R2 I mean, for real. When, well, now he's when a real character. Yeah, like when you're playing with him, you are, you know, you're, uh, 
Oh God. Cal. Mm-hmm. And you have BD one and you can like, you know, mod him, you can change his skin and he has all this personality and he can like jump up on your shoulder, unlike R two D two. Um, he can run around, literally run around with his little legs. And I was like, <gasps> when I saw him getting eaten by the <laughs> womp dog or whatever the hell it was, I was like, oh my God, I, I, I yeah, I, I turned to my wife and I said, if they kill BD1, I'm going to lose my crap. I said, if they say wizard in this episode, I might actually <laughs> on this couch. And, and <laughs> they said wizard and I screamed out like a child. Oh, like wow. that was the thing. This episode to me made me feel like a kid again. All right. It made me like love Star Wars and... I don't know, like, there was a lot of Easter eggs. There was a lot of, you know, fan service in this one. But I I loved it. I'm a fan. Serve me. You're allowed to be a fan. The meat in the galaxy, (laughs) the rocky meat, you know. Adrian, give me more meat. Uh." So I think that what we're going to see, I don't think they're going to wait to show us Grogu and Luke. I think that's coming next episode, but it's going to be real short and sweet. He's gonna he's gonna go there. He's gonna give him the little um, babushka, little like <laughs> hobo packet thing, and he's gonna say, "I love you, Grogu." Um, and here's how you can contact me. Here's my email. Here's my here's my Twitter. It's uh, you know Mandalorian at Mandalorian dot Mandalorian dot com. And, Sad and, dad, Mando. And then he's gonna come back, <laughs> and he's gonna see Boba, and Boba's gonna be like, "I don't have time to listen to y'all talk about Grogu. I we have to." get some muscle and also we have to name this rancor and let's take a bath in the back to tank um and then they're just going to prepare it's gonna be a preparation episode getting weapons together getting stuff together nothing interesting is going to happen it's going to be the worst episode of the season that's my prediction really i think that i agree with you on the i think he's going to be training to ride the rancor and we're going to see him ride the rancor down the streets of tatooine and he's Mm going to ride right up to the pikes with his little band of, you know, people. Jolly merrymakers. Yeah, I don't know how many people he's going to have. Flanked by uh, Vespas and Black Chrysanthemum and Gamorrean guards, and the Tuscans yeah. will come out of the woodwork. You're still holding out faith for the Tuscans. I think they're, we're done with the Tuscans. You might be right, though. We'll see. We'll see. You know, maybe nothing gets resolved. Maybe there's a whole other season. And, uh, well, yeah, they could be setting up for Mandalorian season three, like you said. I mean, yeah. again, Walking Dead fans know <laughs> there there could be this the the last episode could be just a giant cliffhanger. Literally, they're gonna have Boba Fett hanging from a cliff, right? At the end, <laughs> and then you're gonna get <laughs> the, the, the Boba Fett's uh, story will continue in the, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Bum bum bum. Right. All right. Why not? You never know. You never know. I know. Well, T, we've had a lot of uh, awesome reviews of the podcast lately. People seem to really be enjoying this format. So I thought I'd give you the option of telling me a number from one to five. And then that will be the review that I'm going to read. 3.14. Okay. Pie. All right. Great. Is it Pi Day today? No, it's not. That's March 14th. No, it's National Spouse Day. Oh, spouse. I espouse many things. What What do you <laughs> espouse? Great. You espouse. <laughs> I espouse all the time. That's why I'm on National Espouse Day. All right. You should espouse all kinds of drivel and uh, cultic. Follow me on Twitter uh, if you want to see all the things I espouse. <laughs> yes. 
like a like a sectarian uh religious zealot mandalorian so all right 3.1 all right this is from Actually, somebody named Cam Ray, who is a supporter of Faking Star Wars, and he writes that Faking Star Wars Radio is exactly the podcast I'm looking for. And exactly, Teeb, is in capital letters. Capital. Oh, don't they say cap? Like, don't they just say cap or all cap? It's all cap. All cap. All cap. All cap. They provide funny, smart takes on everything Star Wars while fitting in great interviews and insightful discussions. There's never a dull moment with Faking Star Wars Radio. Get them in your feed. So there you go. I guess uh, he thinks that most of our listeners are fathiers who have feed boxes, and he'd like to put recordings of this podcast in their feed boxes. So. There I was go. wondering that too because I don't have any. I, I was thinking more like chicken feed or uh, tip yip tip yip feed. I, I, I do have tip-yip. a lot of tip yip feed. I, Remember I that time we went out for tip yip and as we were eating it, uh, you vomited it all over the table and everybody. No, that that didn't happen. So. Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. People started eating it. Like loath cats started eating it. Uh, yes. Where'd yes. There. I was like, how, where'd you want to go with that? I thought I had somewhere. Nowhere good. <laughs> yeah, I did not. Who Tinder? Well, Teeb, um, sorry, but that is all we have time for this week. Tell the listeners where they can find us. You can follow Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram until they change the name of it from Instagram to some other weird thing that Mark Zuckerberg has a fever dream about. But you can follow us on Meta. Twitter and Instagram at at Faking Star Wars and on Facebook again at facebook.com slash real faking Star Wars mm-hmm. and if you want to submit a question for us on Twitter use the hashtag FSW radio and we'd love to read it on a future podcast or submit your name for our name that rancor contest using the hashtag name that rancor yes please do mm-hmm. you can also get official FSW t-shirts which uh, is probably going to be the prize for the Name That Rancor. So make sure you go ahead and you check it out, because if you win, you're going to want to see what you could win. But you can get official FSW t-shirts and other gear at bit.ly forward slash FSW merch. You can follow me on Twitter at StormDuper or follow Vegan The Hut at Vegan The Hut. And you can follow me also on Twitter at Tbrontor, T-E-E-B-R-O-N-T-R. And follow FSW Radio on Twitter and Instagram, too. Please support us on Patreon since you love what you hear. You know, on our Patreon, we use our fakers' financial support to buy equipment, to, you know, make prizes, games, etc., all kinds of things. So the more supporters we get, the more rewards for you. So if you haven't joined Patreon yet, you can do it for as little as a buck a month. Be like our Jedi Padawan Stephen Howard or Jedi Knights Taxus Carlson and Keith Harmon. And we would really appreciate your contributions if you haven't written us a review please go ahead and give us a five-star review as well on itunes Podchaser, spotify or whatever podcast platform you choose it really helps us appear when people search for star wars on their podcast app and if you write a funny one we will read it on an upcoming episode and one last thing we recently merged our discord with cam ray of cam ray semi production so head to bit.ly slash cam ray discord join in on all our discussions about star wars cat memes and everything else and stay tuned as always to faking star wars radio the finest podcast in the land brought to you by fakingstarwars.net for quality star wars comedy parody and satire 
Thanks to you and all our followers for listening. May the foe be with you. Especially you, Teeb. Well, wait. I have a question. Are we still on Spotify? I thought we gave them an ultimatum and we told them that we were going to remove, we wanted to be removed from their, their platform. The ultimatum was if they didn't allow Neil Young to give an ultimatum, then we were going to take our stuff off of Spotify. But they listened to Neil Young's ultimatum, and they took his music off of Spotify. So because they've honored his ultimatum, then our ultimatum was also validated. Who would Neil Young be in Star Wars anyway? Would he be like, uh, like uh, part of that band? Like what? You I know, feel like he'd be married Boba to Pelimoto. He'd be like yeah. working in the back on a train set, you know, and he'd be like, yeah, "I'm still man. alive." Yeah, he'd be singing, you know, like. Something like, keep on rocking on tattooing. There's Vespas on the street, red, right, and blue. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that's all the time we have. So thanks for listening, everyone. Thank Farrick. May the force be with you. Wizard. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Please write a review for this show on iTunes or Podchaser and be sure to visit fakingstarwars.net slash podcasts for more shows on our network.